are respected and you are appreciated. We have our men's conference every year. We call it Pillars of Faith. And that's what men are. They're strong pillars that support. They support their family. They support their church. They support their community. And there are mighty pillars in this place today. And so God bless you for the consistent strength and support that you provide for your family, for this local church, and for this community. Men provide a stability that is invaluable and that no one else can supply. I could just go off on the differences between men and women right now. Men are more logical. They think they're not just as emotional as others. Thank God for men that will keep their minds strong, keep their heart fixed, and provide consistent leadership for their family. Just become pillars, supporting with strength, courageously, stability for a family, for a church, for a community. It takes strong men to have a strong church. And we have strong men around here at the First Pentecostal Church. God bless you. I appreciate everything you are and everything you do. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. As much as you, you may believe and you know and understand you need your pastor, your pastor needs you, and you make a difference for him. Every man in this place, you make a difference. And through the years you've come to know already, I will, I will support your place and who you are and strengthen your place and who you are as the leader of your home and as the provider of your family. So God bless you. God bless you. And thank you. Thank you for who you are today. Amen. I think we ought to one more time give a round of applause of appreciation to our men. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I'd like for you to stand and let's turn to the word of the Lord today. Let's go to the book of Genesis. I'd like for us to read from three passages of Scripture today. Genesis chapter 12 is where we're going to begin. Then I would like for us to read from chapter 13, and then we will turn to chapter 31. I know you're glad I didn't say that we're going to read from chapter 12 to chapter 31. <laughs> Genesis chapter 12, verse 4 and verse 5 is where we want to begin. The Bible said in 12 and 4, So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 70 and 5 years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's son and all of their substance that they had gathered. 
and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth. Everybody say they went forth. They went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. Now let's turn to the next chapter, chapter 13. And after some time, the Bible tells us, let's begin reading at verse 6, and the land was not able to bear them, speaking of Abram and his flocks and lots and his lot and his herds. <laughs> he had lots and lots, didn't he? And the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. And if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all of the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all of the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Now let's turn to Genesis 31 and read beginning at verse 11, Genesis 31 and 11. The Bible said, And the angel of God spake unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob, and I said, Here am I. And he said, Lift up now thine eyes, and see, all of the rams which leap upon the cattle are ringstraked, speckled, and grizzled. For I have seen all of that Laban doeth unto thee. I am the God of what? Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar, where thou vowedest a vow unto me. Now arise, get thee out from this land, and what? Return unto the land of thy kindred. So I'm going to preach about Abraham, Lot, and Jacob today. And I've got two things I believe the Lord wants me to impart to this congregation and specifically to men in this place today. And that is, number one, decisions determine direction. Decisions determine direction. <clears throat> and secondly, as a result of that, direction determines your destiny. That is things you already know. But I feel like as I've sought the Lord for this service, the Lord wanted me to speak to you man to man and from God to man. And I'll always remind you, 
that it's decisions that determines the direction of your life and your family. And it is that direction that ultimately determines your destiny. Let's do it right for the glory of God. Let's pray right now. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you worship. I thank you for every person in this place. I thank you, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I thank you, God, for the working of your spirit, God. We thank you for the reign of the Holy Ghost. Satisfying our thirsty souls today. We thank you, God, for the glory of your presence that creates reverence, respect, and awe in our hearts for you. We thank you for preparing our hearts for your word. I pray in the name of Jesus that you help us, God, to say what you once said. Speak to our hearts and our minds. Speak to our lives in the present and speak your will, God, for our future. Accomplish your will, Lord, in every man's life and every family that's represented. Oh, God, be glorified and Bring us, O oh Lord God, to your ultimate end and plan and desire. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1 reads like this. It's a familiar passage and fact to many uh, who are in this building today. But let's go there for a beginning point today. The Bible said that the Lord had said unto Abram. Genesis 12 and 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all of the families of the earth be blessed. You know, we're living in a time uh, in this generation that people move more than they used to. Our father's generation and our father's father's generation took pleasure in being born on a piece of land, living there all of the days of their life, inheriting it, and then passing it to their grandchildren. And then their grandchildren's children from generation to generation. But we're living in a different era and a different generation where people are more transient. The fact that we have vehicles to drive and there's trains and there's planes the, the opportunity to travel further at shorter distances are shorter amounts of time longer distances at shorter amounts of time causes us to be busier more transient to travel people have less connection with their roots as Brother Darren stated, there's so many in this world today that doesn't even know who their father is. And so there's, there's a lack of roots and connection, something to hold people stable. I'm not saying that that is bad. I'm saying it's a reality. It's a part of our times. And there's some people 
They like the idea of being still and staying. Especially ladies. They like to settle down at a place and build a nest, so to speak, and have a home. They like security. They like consistency. And um, it, it, it goes contrary to a, a lady's nature. But a part of our times is that we have people that, that move from state to state, country to country, and city to city. I can't believe this, but when me and Sister Townley look at our just time here in Jennings, we've had seven different addresses. Seven different addresses. And we're like, what? And it's amazing. We've stayed in the same town, but moved from place to place, sell here, buy here, sell here, buy here, sell. I'm getting tired of that. I don't know if that's part of getting a little older or what. It comes with getting glasses. That's what it is. It comes with getting glasses. That's what it is. But the Lord called Abraham and said, Get thee out of thy country. You know, it matters what's motivating us to move. It it matters what is prompting us. And here the Lord called him and said, go into a country. Go to a land that I'm going to give you. Just everywhere you put your feet, it's going to be yours. I'm going to be with you, and that land is going to be your land. I promise it to you, and I promise it to your posterity. I promise it to all of those that will be your children. He said, I'm going to bless you. You're going to be a great nation. I'm going to bless you, and you're going to have a great name, and you're going to become a blessing. The blessing that is going to be upon you is going to be so great that every nation, every family of the earth is going to be blessed because of the blessing that I have upon you. Amen. You know what? I don't think I could preach enough this morning about the greatness of the blessing that is upon us today because we are the children of God. And because we are now the children of God, we have tapped into the blessings of Abraham and we're heirs of promise that everything God has belongs to us. We're special today. I'm just trying to tell Do you know who your daddy is? You are blessed and you are special. You are chosen today. And I'm telling you, there is a blessing upon you that is so great, you cannot contain it unto yourself. As you serve the Lord, God has so destined to enrich and make you and favor you and be good to you that everybody that encounters you will be blessed. They'll be blessed by your spirit. They'll be blessed by your words. They'll be blessed by your actions. They'll be blessed by your attitude. Oh, I'm glad I'm in the flow of blessing and divine favor today. Hallelujah. The Lord said the blessing that I'm going to put upon you, Abraham, is going to be so great that whoever blesses you will be blessed. And whoever curses you will be cursed. There's nobody that can fight against you and be blessed. There's nobody that can work against you and be blessed. You're going to be so blessed and so divinely favored. It's going to 
be a curse to those that curse you and a blessing to those that bless everybody that's good to you. I'll be good to them. I will be treating other people by how they treat you. Amen. I'm so glad I'm living such a life and living in the blessings of God and in the kingdom of God where I know nobody can curse me. And if they curse me, they're getting in trouble with God. And if they bless me, God's going to bless them. That's the attitude God wants us to have as his children as we walk holy and humbly. I'm telling you, you can't fight against God's people and win. You can't fight against God's people and prosper. You'll bring your own curse on your own head because God's people are so blessed. Amen. Those that bless them are blessed of him. And those that curse them are cursed of him. Oh, I'm glad to be a part of the children of God. You don't have to worry about if people fight against you. You don't have to worry about people fighting against the preacher. I'm glad you care about me, and I'm glad you want to defend me. But God's on my side here today. Amen. You stay on my side. God will keep blessing us and favoring us. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I know. I know God will keep prospering us. As a people, we'll keep growing. We'll keep developing. God will keep adding to. I'm going to tell you, amen, God will just keep growing this church. He'll keep growing you as an individual. He'll keep blessing your family. And some of you is going to grow up so big that you're going to grow right out of this church. And I don't like it, but I like it. You're going to be so blessed and divinely favored of God that God's got a bigger plan than you just to sit on this pew. He's going to call you into his work somewhere else in the world. He'll place you wherever he wants to put you. But whatever he wants to do with your life, I want to let God grow you right here and help you to find your place and your destiny. I want him to bring you to where he wants to bring you. I want him to make you what he wants to make you because I'm going to tell you, amen, we give and we're going to keep letting people come into this church, grow up, be blessed, be developed, and become what God wants them to become. And we're going to put them right back in, in the work of God because we can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. God will just pour his blessings where there's an open hand. We keep giving, God keeps giving, and God keeps blessing. The church keeps growing and prospering. Man, I love these special holidays. People like Elena and Ethan come home, and Andrew and Candace come home, and one of these days it's going to be a special Mother's Day and Father's Day, and Jordan and Abby's going to come home, but today they're here. Praise God. It's awesome, awesome, awesome. Amen. It's wonderful. Amen. See how God blesses his people. And I'm laying that foundation about people just growing up and being blessed. And I'm laying that foundation to segue into Lot. That is because the Bible said that Lot was blessed because he was with Abraham, his uncle. And his herds grew, his flocks grew. Abraham's flocks grew to the point that there was a, a matter of contention. And these were peaceful men and said, you know what? I don't, uh, don't want to have trouble. I don't want us to fight. I, I want us to be peaceful. We be brethren. We're brethren. Let's love one another. Let's be good to one another. Let's not let our herdsmen fight. You're big enough. I'm big enough now. We need to separate. A lot of these 
members of this church that's been around here a long time know Brother Mefford. Brother Mefford was an, an amazing pastor for many years, became a retired elder. He's still alive today in his 90s, and he blessed this church many times in the past. He's one of the greatest Bible teachers that has impacted my life growing up as a young man. Brother Mefford said when he was growing up in his local church, he grew up in Brother Ike Terry's church, and some of you have heard a little few stories about Brother Ike Terry. Brother Caleb Eugene just got introduced to him. He read that book that I talked about having. He was a very crude man. He was. He was tough. I talked to Brother Von Morton one time about him. Brother Morton said there's a difference between being mean and tough. And Brother Ike Terry was more than tough, is what he let me know. <laughs> and Brother Ike Terry, for whatever he was in roughness and crudeness, he loved the truth, and he loved the doctrine, and he loved people, and that came through in his ministry. And he produced and developed many preachers. I don't know exactly, but more than 40 preachers were developed out of his church and went into the ministry. Brother Mefford was one of those. Now, those of us that know Brother Mefford know him as this man of gentle grace, amazing teacher, that in some ways it would seem would have no characteristics in disposition like Brother Terry, but I know he did in the fact that he held to the doctrine so tenaciously. As a matter of fact, one of the last times I heard Brother Mefford teach and preach, he was preaching uh, in Metairie, and he was talking about how that uh, in preaching and, and teaching and believing the doctrine, he said, I just believe some of our young men, they need to get a little more grit in them about this doctrine that, that we believe and we live and, and get a little more teeth in it and boldness and have the courage to speak it. So he had that in him, but he also had amazing gentle grace in the delivery and the preaching of the word of God. Anyway, long story short, this is what this is what his pastor told him after he grew to a certain place, developed as a young preacher in the local church. He looked at him and said, "Brother Mefford, I think it's time for you to go start a church somewhere." He said because that smile you got on your face, it could cause me some trouble around here. And it could turn people's hearts away from me. I think it's time for you just going out of the church. How about that for a goodbye? So I'm just trying to tell you that Lot and Abraham, uncle and nephew, they grew until there was a time there was a need to separate. Now, we want to keep people in this church. We want, to, we want solid people. It takes people to stay in. Not everybody's going to go. But there's going to be time. People's going to keep growing. They're going to grow. And we're going to send them out into the work of God, just like we're doing right now. I thank God for that. That's a great privilege. That's a great honor. And so people's going to go. There's going to be choices that's going to be made. There's decisions that's going to be made. And I want to remind everybody in this house today, it's choices and not chance 
that determines your destiny. And it's not everybody else's choices that determines your destiny. It's your choices that determines your destiny. Abraham brought Lot up and said, listen, you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. But it's time we make a choice. It's time we make a decision. What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? I'll go the opposite direction. I'll give you first choice. Lot saw the well-watered plains of Jordan. And can I tell you, I don't think that's a problem to want well-watered plains. And he saw the good land. This is a prosperous place. I'd like to go there. And I'd like to be a part of this area. And so he chose the well-watered plains. You know the story. The Bible tells us that when he chose the well-watered plains, that he did so because it was a prosperous place. The Bible said, Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all of the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose, everybody say chose. Then Lot chose him all of the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves, the one from the other. You know, we're going through a transition right now. Brother Jonathan Howell began the church. We're working together, all of us in Scott. He's feeling it's time to make the move, and they just moved the first of the year. We feel these transitions. We feel these separations. We feel these emotions. We love people. But, you know, it's just like parents dads and moms that raise children there comes a place that people grow up and they go on it's not easy you have these feelings you have these emotions what I'm trying to tell you we're going to always feel things in our spirit but let us always by the leading of God be willing to obey him that when he gives us direction we say oh God I will follow you and sometimes in doing the will of God it's not always easy we feel it in our flesh. We, we feel the separation. We feel the pain and the, the intense um, letting go and what it's like. But I'm going to tell you, just always obey God. Just always follow the leading of God, the direction of the Holy Ghost. Obey. I thought about how that in the Old Testament, the Bible said that the Philistines stole or were able in battle to uh, take the Ark of the Covenant and uh, taking the Ark of the Covenant, they brought it into their land. And when they brought the Ark of the Covenant into their land, the Bible lets us know that the judgment of God came upon them. So much so that when they put the Ark of the Covenant in the uh, place of worship before their idol Dagon, the Bible said that the next morning when they came back into that temple, their idol had fallen off of its pedestal before the ark. They set it back up. Now you talk about a God that you have to set back up. They set their God back up and the next day when they came back that idol had fallen down again and its hands had broken off. They began to become physically sick and they was like, okay, we need to test something here. We need to see if this is really God or is just happenstance? And so they said, how, how are we going to 
judge this matter? How are we going to know what we need to do with this ark or if this is happenstance that's going on with these gods battling here? They said, I tell you what we'll do. Let's get two mother cows that's got baby calves and let's make a cart and let's put this ark on a cart and we'll attach those two mother cows to the cart and we will put their calves in a pen and hold them back. And if those two mother cows go against their mothering instincts and they pull that cart towards Beth Haven, then we know that God is behind this and we're just going to let that cart, those cows, and that ark go. And those of you that know the Bible know it well. The Bible said that when they released those mother cows, they just started walking toward Beth Avon. But they didn't just walk away, did they? What does the Bible say? The Bible said they were lowing as they went. They may have been obeying the leading of God, but they still felt it in their mothering instinct. I wish I could tell you today that it would always be easy on your flesh to obey God. It's not going to be easy. I wish I could tell you you'll never feel any pain of separation and fulfilling and obeying the plan of God in your life. In the going or the coming or the coming and the going. But I'm going to tell you, you obey God in the leading of the Holy Ghost. The flesh is going to low. It's going to be like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. You're going to say, God, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. If there's any way, let this cup pass from me. My flesh is lowing right now. The mother cow is, is crying out right now. My flesh is feeling it right now. But I commit myself to doing your will. I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing. Not my will, but thy will be done. When it comes decision making time, I'm not going to give in to my flesh. When it comes decision making time and I know the will of God, I will do the will of God. I may low as I do it, but by God's grace, I will do your will. I will do your will. I will do your will. And when you choose, choose wisely. Don't just look at appearance. Don't, don't just make a decision on green pastures and well-watered plains. It's okay to want that, but there's more than that there. There's a city there. It's called Sodom. It's called a place where wicked and sinners are before the Lord exceedingly that's what I'm talking about decisions determine your direction you're setting a course for a family you're setting a course for children and grandchildren you're setting a direction it's important the decisions that dads make it's important the decisions you make concerning your job that determines the amount of finances that come in. It's going to determine long-term 
how your children will be provided for. Decisions concerning the church where you attend, it's going to determine long term what kind of family you have. Decisions concerning so many things in life. The decision you make determines the direction. And the direction has a long-term effect upon the destiny, what the family becomes. Whether it's money, finances, spiritual, church, it matters. I want God to give us wisdom, and I want God to give us courage to make the right decisions. Let me not just always be looking at the well-watered plains. It's green. It's flowing. But what is also a part of that? And this is where the problem came. I don't think, again, it's just the well-watered plains that was the problem. He pitched his tent toward Sodom. That's the direction. You read in the Old Testament. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 16. And I'm almost through today. Got a little bit more. When we think of Sodom, we think of Sodomites. We think of sexual immorality. We think of homosexuality. We, we, we think just mostly in those terms. But I'm going to tell you, Sodom had a lot more problem than that. That's a big problem. 16 and 49, sorry. 16, 49, and 50. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. Go ahead. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. That was the direction. He made a decision and directed his family toward an environment that was not good for their long-term destiny. And in making decisions, remember, decisions determine direction. And you cannot go in a certain direction without having a particular end. You cannot go in the direction of Sodom and not get to Sodom. You can't go in that direction and not get there. You can't go towards worldliness and not become worldly. Somewhere there has to be a turn. What do you say? Let's just make the decision to go in the right direction. And when we come into the crossroads, let's make sure we make a decision based on the wisdom, the leading of God, pastoral authority, and the word of God. If you're going to give me a choice, Lot's got the choice to make. It's up to you, Lot. You can do what you want to do. I'm giving you the choice. I'm telling Lot today, Lot, don't just look at the surface. Don't look at the green. Don't just look at the flowing waters. Think about the people that's around there. 
Is that what you want to become? Because if you go there and stay there, that's what you'll become. And if you come out, it'll be the mercy of God. Why put your family through stuff that you don't have to? Don't make a decision based upon your humanity and your flesh. Always let your flesh die to the word of God, pastoral authority, and the voice of God that says go. Go, go, go. Men be strong. Men be strong. Be that strong pillar. You got wives, you got children, you got grandchildren saying, be a man and help me. Do what's right. Don't lead me in the wrong direction. Because decisions determine direction, and direction determines destiny. Let's pray for a moment before we move forward. God, in the name of Jesus, give us all courage. Give us all strength. Give us all boldness. Give our men, God, the courage to make decisions based upon wisdom, good information, the leading of the Holy Ghost, the direction of the Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I praise you. In the name of Jesus, I magnify you. Jacob, Jacob had to leave his family and run for his life. When he ran for his life, there was a brother at home that wanted to kill him. And as he ran for his life, God appeared to him in Bethel. God appeared unto him in a place where he laid his head to rest. As he laid his head to rest, he had a dream. When he awoke, he said, the Lord was in this place and I knew it not. His heart was full of godly fear and reverence. The rock he laid his head upon, he anointed it become a holy place, and he made a vow to God. He said, God, if you'll be with me and you'll keep me, you'll bring me back to this land, I promise you I'll make you my God and I'll serve you all of the days of my life. He made that vow and he kept that vow. After being gone many years, married, now he has children. The Bible said the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, I am the God of Bethel. I want you to arise and go back to that land from whence you came. It's amazing how life comes full circle. And God brings us back to points of beginning. As a matter of fact, when Laban... I'm sorry, when Lot and Abraham made their separation, listen to what the Bible says in Genesis 13 and 1. Genesis 13 and 1, and Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had and Lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel unto the place, notice this, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning. 
So God brought Abraham back to a place of beginning when it was time for him and Lot to separate. God will periodically in life bring us to a point of new beginning. He'll bring us back to that place called Bethel. And that's what he did right here again with Jacob himself. He said, arise, go back to Bethel. Jacob had a decision to make. Will I obey or disobey? Thankfully, he obeyed. Quickly, he obeyed the Lord and he headed home. But as he journeyed back, he remembered his brother. He was aware that his brother was angry with him, wanted to destroy him. As he's journeying back, Jacob's doing what Jacob does. He's trying to smooth everything over and get it all right and make sure it's peace with his brother, sending gifts. But it's going to take more than gifts this time. God's got Jacob on a journey back to the place of new beginnings where he gets to start all over again. But he's not coming back the same man. He's going back to the same point, but he's not coming back the same man. It's a return visit to Bethel. The first time he said, okay, God, if you'll take care of me, I'll make you my God. But this time he's coming back to make full consecration. And he's taking it deeper. He's going to give himself fully to God. He's going to yield himself to God. As he's journeying back, he's sending messengers and gifts and presents. He's trying to prepare Esau for his coming. Esau said, hey, I'm rich, I'm blessed, I don't need your stuff. Those messengers come back and says, he didn't want to receive any of these gifts and he's coming with 400 men. Jacob starts praying. He gets alone in the night, and an angel shows up. The Bible says he started wrestling with an angel. You see, when Jacob was journeying back to Canaan, to Bethel, he was more concerned about his brother. He was thinking about, oh, what's Esau going to do to me? That was the large problem. But can I tell you, Jacob's own trouble with himself was larger than the problem with Esau. Because if God could get Jacob where he wants him to be and gets him to be the man he needs to be in the condition of heart and the frame of mind and spirit and gets his flesh where he needs his flesh, Esau's not going to be a problem. And so, God gives him a divine opportunity to get a hold of the angel and wrestle. What are you going to do when you have your opportunity? Say, God, you're bringing me back to Bethel. And I'm going to keep my promise. And I'm going to pay my vow. I want the blessing on me. I want divine favor. When an angel shows up in your life, God gives you a divine opportunity to get a hold of mercy and grace. You better get a hold of mercy and grace and say, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me.
I want to be blessed for whatever weakness and whatever struggles and whatever trials I have in my life. There's nothing matters to me more than being blessed and favored of God, having the goodness of God and the good end of my life according to the will of God. I'm willing to wrestle with the angel. I'll wrestle all night, and I'm not going to let the angel go until I'm blessed. The, the blessing comes by kneeling before a sovereign and him putting the sword and the blessing and the favor. I'm going to tell you, Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go till I'm kneeling before you. The angel touched the hollow of his thigh and the flesh shrank in his broken state, humbled state. He got a hold of the angel and he said, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. And the Bible said that the angel said, as a prince, thou hast prevailed and hast power with God and power with man. Your name will not be Jacob anymore, but it will be Israel. I'm preaching to men in this place. God's bringing you back home. God's bringing you back home. He's calling you back to Bethel. You've made promises to him, and he's, he's pulling on you. He's pulling on your heart. He's pulling on your spirit. He's pulling on your mind. Come on, let God finish what he started in your life. Let God finish what he started in your life. Amen. Say, God, make me. God, mold me. God, I need you the rest of my days. I want your blessings on my family. I want your blessings on my children. I want divine favor on the rest of my life. Amen. I've made it this far. I want blessing on my future. He made the choice when opportunity was given to get a hold of that angel and say, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. He made the choice when God called him back to Bethel to make the full journey back. He told all of his Servants and sons and daughters, he said, clean yourselves up. Take all your ornaments and your jewelry off that has a connection with idolatry. Take all your jewelry. Take it all off and bury it beneath the oak tree. We're going to Bethel, and we're going to give ourselves to God. And we're going to be the family that God is destined for us to be. And we're going to have his divine faith. We're giving it all to God. We're going back to Bethel, a point of new beginning. We're going to make a fresh dedication and a fresh start to God. And God is going to bless and favor the rest of our lives. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you, you'll always struggle with the flesh. But let that fresh, amen, touch of God help you to come to a place of full surrender. Hear the voice of God. Dedicate, consecrate yourself to God, and your destiny will be a life of blessing. He said, I will bless you. I'll make your name great. I'll make your family great. I'll bless those that bless you and curse them that curse. Amen. I want that blessing on my life. How about you? Let's stand together, lift our hands, and worship the Lord. God, we praise you. God, we magnify you. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, Daddy. You hold a key. You hold a key of blessing to your family. Come on back to Bethel. Come back to Bethel. Come back to Bethel. Come back to the house of God. Dedicate yourself to the Lord. Give yourself wholly and completely to him. Say, we're going to start all over again, family.
Hallelujah. We got to have a season of prayer right here at the end of this service. Anybody feel God calling you? Anybody feel God tugging you to consecration and dedication? You got some decisions to make. Hallelujah. You got some decisions to make. What kind of decision you're going to make? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Come on, make what's a good decision for your family. Make a good decision for your children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.